Bibles to Lamentations chapter number 3. Lamentations chapter number 3. And I uh, appreciate Pastor giving me the opportunity to preach this evening. It's always a, a great privilege and uh, um, something that uh, I take a lot, of, uh, a lot of joy in doing, but uh, something that I um, respect as well and uh, know there's a, there's a great... Um, I don't know what the word I'm, I'm looking for this evening, but... Uh, great joy to be able to do this, so I appreciate the privilege and the, the opportunity to do so. Um, this message tonight, I, I did give Miss Becky, I, I asked her her opinion on the graphic that I used uh, for the title, uh, but beyond that, she hasn't seen this, so if I make mistakes, it's not her fault this time, uh, like it is the other times, but uh, she did not help me with my message at all this time, and uh, she doesn't normally, but I uh, appreciate, again, the opportunity, and I don't know what's worse tonight. Uh, you have to listen to me, or you had to listen to Pastor earlier with the singing. Um, but uh, since I'm up here right now, I get the opportunity to do that, and he'll get me back later, I'm sure. So, Lamentations chapter number three, very small book tonight, and uh, let's go ahead and I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of the introduction, then we'll read our passage, and then we'll have a word of prayer before we jump in. Um, but the book of Lamentations is exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it's a book where the prophet Jeremiah is lamenting uh, the destruction of Jerusalem uh, around 586 B.C. But his lamentation here in this book, although it's a small book, uh, and it is a very sad book, it goes much further than just the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, his heart is broken, and really he is overwhelmed, not just because Jerusalem has been destroyed and, and conquered, uh, but because of the sin uh, that Israel was involved in that really brought God's judgment to have all of that take place. So he, he's, he's very overwhelmed and very broken because of the sin, but also because of the suffering that was brought because of their choices and because of what they were doing. And so uh, Lamentations is all about his, his sorrow and his just lamenting that fact. But we come to chapter number three, which is right in the middle of the book, and we come to about a third way through this chapter, and, and we kind of start to see uh, a silver lining to, to the cloud, uh, if you will, that he's, that he's uh, remembering and he's going back and he's talking about throughout this book. And so let's do this uh, as, we, as we think about what he is remembering. We see that he is remembering the goodness of God. Uh, as Jeremiah, he's lamenting all of these things, and if you read back at the beginning of chapter number three, he's going through uh, really the, the hand of judgment that God had on, on Israel and, and thinking about all of the different things and he's painting some pictures and, and, and going through some things. But he comes down to verse number 21, which is where we're going to begin our passage this evening. And, and he calls to remembrance the goodness of God, not only in his life, but in the, the life of the nation of Israel. And, and he begins to remember the faithfulness of God despite Israel's unfaithfulness to him. And, and, and he begins to hope because of the daily mercies that he remembers uh, that God bestows upon him and upon all of his people. And so let's read our passage tonight. Lamentations chapter number three, look at verse number 21. The Bible says, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Now, the therefore, whenever, whenever I see a therefore, I was taught you ask what the word therefore is therefore. And, and generally speaking, the word therefore usually sends you back to something that has just been spoken of. In this passage, it's actually, I believe, it's, it's pointing towards what he's getting ready to recall to his, to, to his mind and, and what he's recalling for us in verses 22. So let's go there. 
It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. And so, you know, as, as he starts to say in verse number 21, this I recall to my mind, he's, and it would work both ways, it really would, but I, I really don't think that he's recalling all of the doom and gloom he's talked about in the first two and a half chapters. He, he's recalling to his mind the, the mercies of God. He's recalling to his mind the faithfulness of God. He's recalling to his mind the compassion of God and the, and the fact that God is the portion, uh, his all-sufficiency in life. And, and that's what he begins to say. And, and because of those things, he says we can have hope. And so that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Very simply, just hope. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless this evening. Father, thank you for the opportunity once again to uh, stand in this pulpit and, and to preach your word. And Lord, something that uh, I do not take lightly. And, and Lord, I pray you'd, uh, Lord, just take me out of the way this evening. Bless this time as we look into your word. And I pray it would be a blessing, Lord, as we think about the aspect of hope in our lives. Uh, Lord, not just hoping for something that, that could possibly come to pass, but something that is ultimately there because we have your word and we know that you are true and that you are faithful. And so, Lord, I pray that we would hope in you tonight. Lord, I pray you bless this time once again. And Lord, use the message this evening to be an encouragement. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. And so we're going to see number one. Let's jump right into this. Number one this evening, hope because of the past. Hope because of the past. Look at verse number 21 again. The Bible says, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. Now again, it's not him recalling all the stuff before, but it's looking forward to what comes ahead. And so the this in this verse is talking about what is coming after, not what has already happened and gone before and what he's recalling to mind is something that has been forgotten or something that maybe he has not thought about for some time. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I, where I get comfortable. Uh, I, I get kind of, you know, on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a plateau, if you will, and just kind of cruising along or just kind of hit the, the autopilot. Uh, maybe life is going pretty smooth. Things are going well. Uh, you know, there's, there hasn't been any real major concerns recently. And so we kind of just put ourselves in this autopilot, if you will. And, and, and a lot of times when we do that, sometimes we have a tendency as humans to, to stop relying upon the Lord. We have a tendency to stop uh, thinking about the mercies of God and the grace of God and the faithfulness of God and, and the compassion of God in our lives. Uh, we tend to stop thinking about all of these little details that made life be whatever it is of that moment, that it, that it is smooth sailing, that we are kind of in that where, where we can just kind of go on autopilot, we're just kind of cruising along because God is helping to make that possible. And sometimes we forget and, and we just kind of don't remember, uh, we're not being grateful, we're not thinking about all of the things we should be thankful for that God has done in our lives, we're just kind of sailing through life. And then we come to a point in our life where something happens and, and very abruptly that autopilot has come to a screeching halt. And now we go, wait a second, where'd God go? And it's not that God went anywhere, it's just that we forgot about him and, and we've taken him out of the driver's seat and we've just kind of let ourselves cruise along. And, and I think that's kind of what takes place in the life of Israel. As you, as you think about Israel and, and its history, uh, over and over, I don't think there's ever really a time where you see that Israel does not go on that roller coaster where they're up and down and they're 
trusting in God, and then they're down in the valley, and they're being judged, and then they're back up, and then they're back down. And, and it's a constant, it was a constant thing that they dealt with, and it was something that God was constantly having to judge their sin and their choices and their idolatry and all these things that was going on in their nation. Uh, but through all of that, God was always, always faithful to Israel. It was Israel that was unfaithful to the Lord. And, and so as we see what Jeremiah is kind of talking about, he, he's not recalling all of that doom and gloom and all these things. He's, he's bringing back to mind that the this is, representation, is a representation of what God has always been, and that is faithful to his people. And, and so as we think about verse number 21, look at it one more time this evening. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. And we see hope Right here, verse number 21, we'll see it at verse number 24, the last verse of our passage we'll be looking at this evening. We see it begins and it ends with hope. And there's other places throughout the book of Lamentations and even throughout chapter 3 where hope is talked about and hope is discussed. It's not just that the whole book is just him lamenting all this bad stuff and there's only this one bright spot in the whole book. Uh, there, there are silver linings all the way through the book. Uh, but this is the main portion that we see where he's talking about this. And so I believe God is bringing back to the mind of Jeremiah that he, he's bringing back to his mind that God is merciful. Uh, that God is a compassionate God and that they are unfailing. That God is faithful and that he is our all-sufficiency in our life. Uh, that's what, I, you know, that word portion, the Lord is my portion. Uh, he is just our sufficiency. He is everything for us. Uh, he, he, he does everything for us. Uh, compassion kind of makes me think of, uh, of the, 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 the um, endearing love of, of like a mother, the, the, the tender mercies, the tender compassion uh, that a mother would have for a child. And that's the compassion that God has for us and for his people. But grammatically, while this in this verse, the, the word this in verse number 21 is pointing towards the things to come, I cannot believe that Jeremiah is thinking about all of those mercies and all of those compassions and all the faithfulness of God without attaching something from the past to those things. He had to have experienced the faithfulness of God at some point. He had to have experienced the mercies of God at some point for him to be able to recall to his mind that God is merciful and that God is faithful. Uh, he could have heard about it from, from, from you know, the, the things that have been passed on to him from generations before. But I have to believe that Jeremiah, especially being the prophet of God, has at some time experienced this thing for himself. And, and so while he's recalling to his mind the mercy of God and the compassion, and that's grammatically is ahead of us, he's also at the same time thinking about and bringing to, to mind the past. And, and what, has, what has he experienced in his life? What has God done for him in his life that he can bring back to his mind? And I think about, uh, actually, our verse that we used for our theme verse this morning, for our weekly verse. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And, and you know, I, I, I've, I've done a, a, a couple of times, I've done a message for our teenagers on this just to remind them they've got to, to, to taste for themselves uh, the goodness of God in their lives, uh, not just run off of what their parents have or what their family has had or what generations before have had, but they need to, for themselves, taste and see. Um, I, I absolutely love a, a good steak dinner. Uh, I had steak last night for dinner. Um, we went to a, a restaurant today 
and um, the pastor invited us to come along, and we went to a steakhouse. Um, I just had a bunch of steak on last night, so I got chicken tenders at a steakhouse today, and, and they gave me nothing but a hard time for ordering chicken tenders. And, and, you know, while I love a great steak dinner, a little bit too much steak can be a little, you know, too much of a good thing. To, but I really don't think that you can taste and see too much of God's goodness. Um, you know, we need to taste and see. We, we need to develop an appetite for the Lord. But at the same time, we really shouldn't be able to get enough of God uh, in our lives. We really shouldn't be able to... to be overfilled with God's goodness in our lives. And Psalm chapter 34 there just says, taste and see the Lord is good. It is a sure thing that he is going to be good and blessed or happy is the man that trusteth in him. And then I, I thought of Joshua chapter 4 as well, verse 21. Uh, Joshua was saying, he said, he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, when your children shall ask of their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean, what mean these stones? Verse 22 says, Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel, come over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. And, and, you know, we, we heard a message from Pastor Humbert last Sunday about memorials. And, and Israel had a, had a history of setting up altars and setting up these memorials, these places. And, and all they were for is to represent something that happened during their history. And usually it pointed to something that God did for them in their history. And, and, and that's what that passage is talking about in, in the book of Joshua. When, when your children come and they ask, what mean these stones? Their answer was to be basically so that ye may know that the Lord is God and that his hand is mighty and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Uh, you know, the, the whole purpose was to point of those memorials, of those stones, of those things that were there. The whole purpose of that was for them to point themselves back to something that God had, did, had done, something that God was doing for their nation, for their people, for their family, whatever it may be. And so as Jeremiah is remembering and he's recalling to mind all of these things about God, uh, as I was studying this, I just kind of started thinking about some of the, the main uh, things in my life where I know and I can look back to and I can see God's hand in, in, in my life and my family's life. And so I just wanted to share a few of them with you. Uh, the first one is this. I remember as a young boy, went through a, a very difficult time. I, I think I was uh, about eight or nine years old. My dad had just started, uh, hadn't been roofing for very long, and uh, had started a roofing business. And uh, in Colorado, we deal with, with a lot of snow. And um, we had taken, uh, he had, we had stripped a roof off, we'd stripped all the shingles off, and we had dried it in, and we had gotten a snowstorm right over Christmas time. And so uh, over New Year's, my dad went up, and, and what we do in Colorado is if it's a certain de uh, temperature outside, we can shingle the house, um, but to do that, you can't have snow on the roof. So we would go up, and we would shovel off the snow, and so it would dry up, and then we could put the shingles back on. And so my dad went out to do that one day. Uh, he was on the second story, and he had gotten down about halfway down the roof, just past the last plumbing jack that was sticking out of the roof deck. And uh, we had removed all of the gutters from the, from the house because uh, they were going to be replaced. 
And uh, so he's about halfway down and started to slip and slide and went right off a second story roof, right onto a concrete driveway below, uh, fell down, fell backwards, broke every bone in his left wrist that you can, every bone that's in there was, was, was crushed. And uh, so he couldn't work for, for about three months. And uh, during that time, that was a, it was a kind of a difficult time because he hadn't been roofing for very long. And so, you know, we were just kind of, we, we had no idea what to do. But I can remember as a, as a boy, uh, our family sitting down and we would pray and we'd ask the Lord for certain things. Uh, I can remember uh, almost like George Mueller. I remember a couple of times we sat down, uh, we didn't necessarily pray for the meal that was, bef- that was not sitting before us. Uh, but there were times we went to bed and we were praying that God would provide something because there wasn't much in the pantry. And we would wake up the next day and there would be a bag of groceries on our doorstep. I, I remember through that time, um, the, the, the ambulance bill uh, for, for taking my dad to the hospital was over $10,000. And uh, so when we got that bill, there was no way we were going to pay that bill. And, and I remember us sitting down as a family. We prayed that God would somehow intervene in that. And my dad called the ambulance company and told them the situation, and, and we got a bill uh, a couple days later in the mail, and they had amended the bill, and, and they, they charged us a dollar for, for the ambulance ride. Uh, you know, I, I remember through that time, I remember the, the, the best wrist doctor in Colorado did the surgery on my dad's wrist, and, uh, and he cut the bill to 25% of what his normal fee would have been. And, and, you know, so I remember as a boy thinking God took care of our family. And so, you know, that's something that has stayed with me my entire life, because whenever I've come to a situation that we've had needs, I can pray and I can ask God to do something knowing that he's going to do it because he's done it before. And and so I I remember those things. I I recall those things to my mind. I remember as a teenager, I was involved in in a car accident. I don't know if you guys will be able to see this. You can ask me to show this to you later. This is uh, the, the original photo from the police officer that he took uh, after I rolled my dad's truck twice. I don't know if you can zoom in on that or not. Um, the cab is basically flat with the bed uh, of my dad's truck, and I'll, and I'll show you this. But I wrote on this picture after I got this from the police officer, uh, I wrote on the bottom of this that God has a purpose for my life. And, and I don't know what that purpose was as a teenager. I had no clue what God was going to do in my life, but I knew he had something because I should not have walked away from that accident. My dad was in the car. He should not have walked away from the accident. I had a friend that was in the car. He should not have walked away from the accident. And all of us survived with minor scrapes and, and, and bruises. And, and, you know, God has done things in my life and brought us through. I remember uh, the very first ministry that Becky and I worked at up in North Carolina, and, and we went through a situation there. Um, you know, and it was a difficult situation, but it was something that showed us what God's will was for the next step. And, and that's what actually ultimately brought us down here to Florida. Uh, I remember not long after we came here to Florida, I remember going through a difficult time with our church family uh, as Pastor Brown passed away. Uh, but through that time, we have now received a, a, a blessing in our, in our current pastor, Pastor Keeley. And, and through all of these situations, I can look back and I can recall to my mind one thing, and that is that God has been good through it all. That, that there is hope for the future there's hope for, for the days coming because of what he has done in the past, because of the blessings and the mercies of God that we have seen through it all. And, and I remember these situations. I remember many others. I, I remember things that, that were not fun in my life. I remember some of them were a result of, of choices that I personally made. That's what's resulting here in Lamentations. It's because of the choices that Israel made that they were in this situation in the first place. 
but even through all those choices, even choices that I made that brought certain things into my life, uh, I can recall to my mind and I can see that God has been faithful to me no matter what. And he has been there with me all every step of the way. And so we can have hope because of the past. We can also have hope in the present. We can have hope right now in the present, number two. And we see this, look at verse number 22. The Bible says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. We currently, right now, we are not consumed. And, and uh, you know, I thought of the, the verse, I didn't put it in here, but uh, Romans chapter 6, 23, uh, uh, yeah, Romans six twenty three. for the wages of sin is death. Uh, we deserve separation from God for all of eternity. We really deserve to be consumed. Um, and yet, we're here. Yet, we have life. You know, we, we probably, uh, with God being all-knowing and as sovereign as he is, knowing that we would commit sin and that he would have to send his son, we, we probably deserve to have never been created in the first place. But we were. And we're here to give God glory and bring back to remembrance the things that we can hope in in the presence. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. His tender love, his tender mercy for us. I think of the word mercy as just God giving, uh, God not giving us what we do deserve. And, and that's exactly what, what he's bringing to, to mind here is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. We certainly deserve to be consumed. We deserve much, much more than that but it's because God is not giving us what we do deserve and because of his mercy that we are not, because we have that ability to be here and to serve him. Look at verse number 24 as well. The Lord is my portion, present tense. Uh, it's not that he, he, he has been, although he has. It's not that he will be, although he will. It is right now and for all time will be our portion. That is who God is. Uh, and so he is right now in the present uh, our, 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 uh, something that we can hope in and something that we can have hope because of what he is doing right now. It doesn't matter where you're at right now or the circumstances of life that you're in. To be honest, it could be worse. Uh, we could be sitting in a hospital with coronavirus tonight. Uh, we could be going home to nothing in the bank. We could be going to no home at all. We could be going to live on the street. Uh, there, are, there are, you know, every place that we are in right now, every person, whether you're watching or whether you're here tonight, I think all of us could say where we are at right now, we are very, very blessed. It could certainly be worse, uh, but it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because he is our portion. He is our, our ever-present sufficiency. Israel had lost everything. Jerusalem had been destroyed, Jerusalem had been consumed, but there were people of Israel that had not been consumed. And I think that's kind of what's going through Jeremiah's mind right here, is he's thinking, I could have been in Israel, I could have been consumed with the destruction, I could have been part of that, but I'm still living. People of God are still living, and it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed within the destruction of Jerusalem because they certainly probably deserved that. Israel deserved over and over and over again throughout their history to just be wiped off the face of planet Earth. Uh, you see all the time, you, know, you see Moses interceded for Israel. Uh, you see m many different times people throughout history have interceded for people or for situations in Israel's history. 
And it's because of God's mercies that they have not been consumed. It's because of God's mercies that we are not consumed right now in our present. The Lord was their portion. He was their sufficiency. Psalm 73 verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 119.57 says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. God is our sufficiency. God is our ever-present right now help in time of need if we need it. He is that person that we can go to. Uh, the songwriter put it this way, Take the world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are but a name. But his love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Take the world, but give me Jesus, sweetest comfort of my soul. With my Savior watching o'er me, I can sing though billows roll. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Let me view his constant smile. Then throughout my pilgrim journey, light will cheer me all the while. Take the world, but give me Jesus. In his cross, my trust shall be. Till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life above. Or life above. And, and, you know, the, the songwriter got it right. Take the world, but give me Jesus. He is all we truly need. And he is here with us right now in the present. So we can hope because of the past, but we can hope right now in the present. And we can also hope in the future to come. Number three, we can hope in the future. Look at verse number 23. The Bible says this, they are new every morning, talking about his compassions, talking about his mercies. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. And that, therefore, is certainly taking us backwards to those previous verses that we just read about the compassions and the mercies and everything else that's going on. You know, Jeremiah, as he's saying these last couple verses here, he sees a new and a fresh that God has never changed in his life. He's seeing a new and a fresh that God has never changed in Israel's history. God has always been faithful. God has always been there. He's always been merciful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. God never changes. If there's something that changes that causes something in our life, it's on our side. God is never unfaithful to us. He is never going to be unmerciful. He's never going to be ungracious because that's who he is. If there's something going on, it's us. God never, ever changes. Malachi 3.6 says this, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. James 1.17, Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh, cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There, there's never a change. There's never a variance in who God is. There's never a turning or, or, or a, a change of mind. God is ever faithful. He is just ever moving on. He is ever the same. And we can put our hope and trust in him because of that fact. We can hope for the future because we know that there is a God that is never going to change. We serve a God that is always going to be there. We serve a God that is merciful. We serve a God that is compassionate. We serve a God that is faithful. We serve a God that is our sufficiency, that he is our portion each and every day. He has never changed. 
He never will change. And so we have a great hope for the future because we are still serving and following a God that will never change on us. And so we can hope in that. These verses speak to us about the unfailing mercy, compassion, faithfulness, and sufficiency of our God. But in speaking about these things, these verses also challenge us to never waver in where our trust and dependence and faith lies. We ought to never cease in trusting our God, for he will never cease in his faithfulness to us. And that's why Jeremiah, I believe, ends in verse number 24. Therefore, will I hope in him. And as I was thinking about today and all that today represented as we came back for our live services for the first week, and, and as coronavirus is, is hopefully uh, on, the, on the downward slope and, and we're kind of coming out of this time in our history, uh, you know, I think it gives us great cause for hope. Uh, but I also think that there's great cause for hope because of who God is. Just like Jeremiah is recalling to mind these things about who God is and all that God has done in his life and in Israel's history, I think we can look back in our history in our lives, in our families, and we can see through it all, God has always been there. God has always been leading. God has always been directing. God has always been working. God has always been trying to bring about his perfect will for us. If we will just let him, if we will just trust and depend on him and put that faith where it is supposed to be, right there on Jesus Christ. Uh, Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto him, we can run the race that is set before us if we're looking at Jesus, if we're focused on him. And so can I ask you tonight this question? Where is your hope? Where does your hope lie? Uh, maybe somebody's watching this service. Maybe somebody's sitting here in this room and they have never placed their hope in Christ for eternity. Uh, maybe that's something that needs to be settled. Uh, maybe it's, it's the fact that, that you know, I, I don't have hope because I don't have Christ in my life in the first place. And, and, you know, you can put your faith and trust in Christ right now, if that's you, if that's the situation that you're in. But if you are saved, if you have put your faith and trust in Christ, are you hoping in yourself? Are you hoping in your bank account? Are you hoping in your circumstances? Are you hoping in all of these things that we've seen just in the last couple of months can instantly be put on hold if God wants it to be? if God allows it to be. And yet, through it all, even through that, we can say, I am hoping in Jesus Christ because he has never changed and he is ever faithful, he is ever merciful, he is always compassionate, and he is my portion. Therefore, I hope we can say, just like Jeremiah did, I will hope in him. Let's have a word of prayer tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for this passage tonight, and thank you for... Uh, Lord, just laying this on my heart, I thank you for, uh, Lord, how your word is, is so real and, and, Lord, can be so applied to our lives right now in this present day. And, Lord, I pray that tonight, if there's someone listening or somebody watching on our live stream, uh, Lord, that if their hope is, is placed in anything but Jesus Christ, uh, Lord, whether it's just for their daily life or, or, or even for eternity, Lord, I pray that you'd help them to put their hope in you. And Lord, I pray that if there's one listening to the sound of my voice that does not know Christ as Savior, they've never put their hope and trust in Jesus Christ for eternity. Uh, Lord, I pray that tonight uh, would be the night of salvation for them. I pray that tonight they would place their hope in you and that their life would be ever changed. 
Lord, I pray that you'd work in hearts as only you can and do something special in our midst tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless and Lord, help us to hope in you because of who you are. And Lord, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And piano's